Hi, thank you for joining us. I'm Charlotte Wood, and I'm podcasting from the Bondec Montessori in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Today, we're talking about another Montessori dictionary word. This time, it's actually a phrase, and we're talking about the phrase, the three levels of obedience. So the three levels of obedience isn't as common a Montessori word as discipline or consequence and all of these emotionally charged words, but it's important for us to understand as parents and as educators, and it's kind of one of those that we gloss over because it's hard to explain, but it's very clear when we see it all the time. And when we understand it, then we can apply this knowledge to what we see in children. So there are three levels of obedience. And this is not obedience of always doing what I say. It's obedience to the norms of the group, obedience to the social collective whole that we've all agreed to be part of, the classroom norms, the family norms, the cultural norms, paying attention to the needs of the outside world instead of just your own impulses. So obedience is more than sit still and be quiet. It's social cohesion, it's adaptation, it's cooperation, but choosing to cooperate, not defaulting or adhering to these groups, group norms without having it be a choice. So it's, it's very much cooperation, but it's intentional and it's wrapped up in development as well. So there are three levels like the name says, three levels of obedience. So the first level is, I didn't know. I didn't know this was a bad idea. I didn't know better. Coloring on the floor is often the first level of obedience. I have this idea in front of me. That sounds like a great idea. I'm going to go do that. I have these markers. I love them. Here is this big open space, perfect for coloring. I didn't know. A child's not being naughty. A child is not pushing boundaries. It's when you talk to a child about something or you walk into a situation and you're surprised and the child is surprised that you're surprised they had no idea that they were doing the wrong thing. And particularly in these moments, it's important not to shriek and it's important to use the skills you and the child have the time to work through this together. Oh, it looks like you're interested in coloring. Markers are great. Markers are for paper. It's not unreasonable to set a limit. Crayons are for paper. Wow, I see you cut your hair. These are paper scissors. I don't have any hair cutting scissors available. And that panic inside that happens when you see hair falling on the floor can happen inside, but it's not going to serve you or the child very well to have that panicky moment emerge. And so stating the facts, sticking to what you know about this child and sticking to the facts to help the child make a better choice next time. Oh, I see you cut your hair. These aren't hair cutting scissors. I in fact don't have any hair cutting scissors. These scissors are for paper. These crayons are for paper, whatever the case may be. So that first level can be described as, I didn't know. I didn't have the will or the skill. I just had an idea. The second level is, I have the skills, but I didn't have the will. 
It's still impulsive. This seems like a good idea, and my conscience might be kicking in. Those ideas that this might not be a great idea might be kicking in, but that impulse is still so strong. I just listen to it stronger than I listen to that little voice inside telling me no. This is siblings, perhaps only at my house when I was growing up, saying, I told her that was a bad idea even when you're playing along. I knew we shouldn't do this. That's that second level. I know the right thing to do, but I can't do it myself. Telling somebody else, that's not the right thing to do, and then immediately doing it yourself as well because it looks so appealing or because you can identify it in someone else. You can identify it when you can see it. When you're in a calm place, you perhaps might be able to verbalize this collective agreement. Oh, the couch is for sitting. If you'd like to jump, you can go beyond the trampoline. A child might be able to say, what is the couch for? The couch is for sitting. Where can I jump? I can jump on the trampoline. And they're certainly ready to tell you when somebody else is doing the wrong thing. But then that couch is so appealing, it doesn't even occur to them. This can be a frustrating level because it can appear to an adult that you understand, but you're overtly going against the cultural norms. When in actuality, often a child has simply forgotten. They might be able to verbalize this outside of the emotional moment or when the appeal of the idea isn't there in front of them, or even when somebody else is engaging in that practice. But they might not be able to do it themselves yet. And so this will and skill go together. They have the skills, they can identify this, but they don't yet have the will. They don't yet have the self-control or the self-awareness to be able to carry through with this cultural, family, or classroom agreement. And the final level is what we think of a child growing into. It's our, in the classroom, our oldest children before they leave for their next adventure, before they move on to elementary school, whether or not it's a Montessori program. So I know and I can. It's will and skill coming together. I know the right thing to do and I am able to do it myself. It might seem kind of appealing to give yourself a haircut or to use those markers to create beautiful tattoos like the one I saw at the farmer's market. But we know these are not body markers and today's not a day for face paint. So I'm going to refrain from drawing on myself. Maybe when there's an opportunity for face paint, I'll be able to give myself a tattoo like the one I saw. But today is not that day. It's that ability for self-control. That ability to say, yes, that does sound like a great idea to give myself a haircut or to color the ends of my hair purple like my friend has. But I'm not going to do that because these aren't hair markers. These ideas of of self-creation and of creativity as it comes to our own selves are very clear instances of these three levels of obedience. I didn't know being the first level, no will and no skill, impulse and joy and good idea and development only taking place. The second level, I know, but I can't. I told her so. I told her it was a bad idea to put band-aids all over our whole bodies. And yet here I am with band-aids all over my whole body. 
And the third level, I know and I can. That looks really appealing, but I know that's not what that tool is for or that time is for or what I'm supposed to be doing. And then with this third level of obedience, sometimes we have a little bit of agency to play a greater role in making those ideas manifest. I had this really cool idea for art, but I don't have paper big enough. Could we maybe tape together some of this paper? Or look at this big paper at the art store. I'd like to create bigger art, and I certainly wouldn't paint on the walls. Can we get some bigger paper? So we also have the ability, typically at this third level, the I know and I can, I know the right thing to do, and I'm capable of doing it, that will and that skill coming together. We typically also have more ability for foresight, for extrapolating, for creating our own circumstances, so that although this might not be the right set of circumstances, I know that perhaps the right set of circumstances can be created with the help of caring adults. Thanks for listening. We really hope this dictionary post has given you some more ideas about the three levels of obedience. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Bondec, and email us with comments, questions, and suggestions at hello at Until next time.